2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest, now on Spotify, so listen on Spotify. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, it's kind of funny because Days is the only soap still airing original episodes, which they certainly couldn't have known like eight months ago when they were filming. But they have a lot of story going on and like a lot of cast changes happening. So, we are going to see the return of Olivia Rose Keegan as Claire... Claire has been in the sanitarium for a year, as you may recall, ever since she tried to light her aunt-slash-bestie Sierra on fire. (laughs) And we actually spoke to Olivia for an interview in the new issue, and she tells us that she was so excited to get the call to come back and, you know, like, see what the show had planned for her character. And, you know, Olivia's got a lot going on these days. Days is not the only show that we're going to see her on. She also snagged a role In the second season of the Disney Plus series, High School Musical, the musical, the series, (laughs) she's going to play a very determined girl named Lily. We'll see her real-life singing skills come into play. And, uh, you know, she says it's been like a really cool experience. But back at Days, through Claire, we're going to meet Gwen, a fellow patient at Bayview. And that's played by Young and Restless alum Emily O'Brien, who was Jana on the soap. And she will also turn out to be Jake's ex-girlfriend, who definitely spells trouble.
1: Well, I'm really pleased that Days is bringing Claire back. You know, I think we all felt at the time that she was written out that, like, Olivia had really hit her stride as Claire and was such a dynamic troublemaker on the campus. So I think it's going to be really fun to see whether that year in Bayview has changed her or not. And (laughs) obviously, you know, it could be a nice complication for Ben and Sierra to have to deal with her presence again. Also, in the new issue, we have an interview that I did with YNR superstar Eric Braden, who plays Victor. Now I've done a, a bunch of interviews with Eric over the past few years, both from the office and in his dressing room. But this was first because we were both in our our homes, um, and I was totally like tickled to find out how he uh, has been spending his forced hiatus from playing Victor, which includes not only watching vintage episodes of YNR, including Victor and Nikki's Wedding. And we got his review of uh, that 1984 classic episode. Uh But I also found out that Victor Newman is a Seinfeld fan in real life. (laughs) Um, And we also talked about some more serious subjects like uh, how he thinks production at YNR might change once it is allowed to resume in light of the coronavirus and under what circumstances he would be willing to return and and so forth. He's a real like straight shooter. And I think it's a a good read.
2: It's definitely a good read. I was so excited to get my hands on it. (laughs) Um, And I could bet it's the number one question, you know, on every soap fan's mind, which is when are the shows coming back? Now, Bold and Beautiful just sent a memo to its cast and crew indicating that they were working on a plan to return in June. I mean, it's a very fluid plan, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this would need a lot of approvals, I imagine, from the governor of California as well as the CBS studios in which the show films. Scott Clifton, who plays Liam, hosted a Twitter chat in which he said they're all itching to get back, but, you know, they want to be safe as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he points out that there's going to have to be, like, a lot of new protocol in place, you know, likely fewer people in scenes, on set, less proximity between the actors and scenes. And, you know, there's certainly a lot to work out in a medium, you know pretty much based in romance, which usually means, you know, kissing, lovemaking, and actually being close. Right. Yeah. You know,
1: obviously like the health and safety of the cast and crew is going to be of paramount importance to everyone at all of the shows, but it does kind of like blow your mind to think about what it will require to get the shows back up and running. I mean, you can't social distance like in a tiny control booth, you know what I mean? And can't do it in a makeup chair. But to your point, I think it's all but guaranteed that at least some of the new production practices will become obvious on screen. You know, I kind of wonder if there are planned stories being scrapped or at the very least reworked in light of all of this. Like, when uh, General Hospital left off, Ava was poised to have a big party at Windermere celebrating the unveiling of her portrait. And I kind of wonder if, like, a few of those invitations will get lost in the mail between now and whatever that episode gets shot.
2: <laughs> I guess we shall see. <laughs> you know, I do remember hearing something, uh, you know, whether this is, like, true or not, but, but being able to film, but they can alter it to make it look like people are actually closer than they were when they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There are so many advanced techniques that they could possibly employ to create, I guess, whatever look they need to. But another question is, do they address the pandemic? You know, soaps, I feel, usually tend to stay out of any real life events occurring, you know, other than social issue storylines, of course. Mm-hmm. But there aren't really like specific ripped from the headline stories that are told using like real names or anything. I mean, I do remember days honoring the victims of 9-11 during the annual Horton ornament hanging at Christmas. But other than that, I, I can't point to any like real, real life stuff we've seen.
1: Yeah, you know, I think especially because of the time lag, it would be really hard to, like, introduce the pandemic into the storylines that are already in progress. Um, but at the same time, it's such a pervasive issue outside of the fictional world uh, of TV that it might feel jarring not to have it mentioned. You know, I don't know. I, I, I suppose that's another we shall see moment
2: hmm Well, one person who has certainly kept things fun during this quarantine is our guest today, Steve Burton, <laughs> who plays General Hospital's uber-popular Jason Morgan, has just received a Daytime Emmy nomination for lead actor, but has managed to keep an amazing social media presence that we will certainly talk to him about. Well, hi, Steve.
0: What's going on?
2: Hello. So happy you're joining us today.
0: I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it.
2: Well, first of all, tell us how you have been doing these last few months.
0: Oh man, you know, uh, obviously it's strange times and it's, uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been really weird. And, but I got to say, uh, you know, these, these last couple months have been, been good, uh, for me, uh, personally. So, you know, uh, it's, there's not many times in my life where I've had, had to stay home this long, <laughs> this long, <laughs> uh, and I'm sure for a lot of people you know and and Bradford and I have been so busy with with doing doing stuff that it's it's really been a great break for us just to kind of think about hey what do we want to do how do we want to you know you know expand our brand what else can we do and i just you know i had the mindset of of however long this was going to last i just wanted to to learn a new skill to just come out of this better you know and not and not waste this time you know spend time with my wife my kids you know, and just, I don't know, just keep creating content for people to have fun and laugh and smile, especially during these times. And, uh, you know, we've been working hard at at putting content out there and just kind of game planning for when, when the gate opens and we can run out and get (laughs) back on the road and get back to work and try to figure out how to juggle all this stuff that we've been doing now and then going back to work. But it's, it's been, you know, there's obviously, look, it's, it's not a great time for a lot of people. And uh I've had a couple days, you know, in in here that have been tough, you know, just you you go through the emotional swing of why, you know, we're stuck at home, what's going on? Can we go back to work? You get angry, you hear it, you know, you can't you can't get any correct information from anywhere. So it's it's just been this crazy, you know, I know it's a crazy roller coaster, but just trying to stay focused. I've been trying to keep a routine, really, you know, and that's really what gets me through the day I get up and I, I get up and I prepare the day. Like I'm going to work, you know, I get up, mm-hmm. spend a little time on, on some stuff in the morning, uh, work out, you know, get ready for the day, shower, get dressed just like I'm just like, just like a normal day. So, and then I have obviously stuff to do and, and the kids are home now cause we're everybody's zooming for school now. And, and that's almost over with. So, you know, it's been, it's been busy. It's really been busy. I that haven't even gotten amazing. to watch any TV, man. This is ridiculous.
2: <laughs> and you are not quarantining right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I haven't binged.
0: We haven't binged anything. So, um, I don't know. I still have a month or two left, I'm sure. So, I'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out.
1: Okay. Well, out to us. <laughs> obviously, Steve, we both want to give you our warmest congratulations on your Emmy nomination.
0: Oh, Absolutely. thank you very much.
1: Congratulations. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: So, so What what would mean more to you winning this lead actor trophy that you're up for or your 1999 Soap Opera Digest Award for hottest male star? (laughs)
0: Listen, it's so funny, because um, when I won that, I was very sarcastic and I probably wasn't as grateful as I should have been back then. And, uh, I think soap opera digest got mad at me for a little while.
2: Oh, really? But that's, yeah. We did? You
0: pretend? I don't, I don't know. I, that was the rumor. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't super grateful. Like, you know, I was kind of a smart ass and, uh, um, you know, cause I thanked hair and makeup for, uh, looking, so, for looking so good, but uh-huh. Hey, you know, listen, I miss those awards. I miss, man, the so oh, yeah. they did it right. hmm uh-huh. I mean, come on, man. That was like a huge production.
2: Oh yeah. And it was um, a lot
0: of fun. But I'll take the Emmy, thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, all kidding aside, what what does this nomination mean to you?
0: Oh, man, it's you know, it's it never gets old, that's for sure. And especially in lead actor. It's always been this thing for me like I know I'm a lead, but when it comes to material I'm supporting almost. And what I mean is for people who are listening, you know, it's, it's this fine line of, are you supporting? Are you lead? Cause that's the thing I always get. Steve, you're a lead actor. You should be in lead. I said, yeah, but you know, there's a show that I might have two good scenes. And then, then I'm popping my head out of a bush for four scenes <laughs> You on somebody. And I can't use that, right. you know, because when we, when the Emmys, when we started you know, really submitting for the Emmys way back, you would have to pick a full show
1: mm-hmm.
0: or two right? So, and we know, and you guys know that the 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 guidelines have changed over the years and they keep changing. Uh, now you can pick, you know, various scenes from various shows. So I don't know. I just, you know, put myself in lead. I'm like, I'll just do it. And I left it up to my producer, uh, one of the producers at GH to to kind of help me and make the final pick for me. Because I, again, I had seen, I had shows where uh, I might've had some good scenes in that one, but it wasn't a full show, and the only full show I had was with Laura Wright um, after uh, Sam, I think, was going to jail, and I went back to Sonny's house and talked to her and, and my BFF, uh, Carly, and, um, and the scenes came out great. You know, she's a wonderful scene partner. She's amazing, and, you know, I don't know. I just left it up to them. I, I just try not to think about it a lot. I'm always last minute. They're like, Steve, we need your tape. We need your <laughs> tape, if they, if they call it a tape anymore. Steve, we need your reel. <laughs> We need your reel. And I'm like, okay. then I got to go to Elizabeth Cordy, who knows the history of the show and knows your scenes. And then, you know, then it's a whole process that I really don't look forward to, quite honestly. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll start paying attention. The, The greatest thing I heard was a Martinez. Jill Phelps told me this. A Martinez after if he felt like he had good scenes that day or a good show, he would mark the show number down. Right. So then he didn't have to be doing everything that we're all doing, you know, going to search for the best show and, hey, what show number was that? Or what was that? You know, and taking everybody's time up uh, trying to figure this thing out. But I don't know. A A is pretty smart guy. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do that next year, <laughs> but, but probably not. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 21 years later you'll adopt the a martinez uh, <laughs> process yeah right
2: right, um, right now you've been doing a lot of filming for your new youtube series with your partner <laughs> crime bradford anderson yeah from your closet so yeah given i'm in here given that the ceremony is virtual this year with all the nominees at home will you be in your closet on emmy night
0: well, you know, that's an interesting question because, you know, we haven't gotten any guidelines or anything. I don't know what they're going to ask us to do. Are they going to say, hey, find a, you know, find a white wall and stand there or be on the couch or be in the pool? I mean, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs>
1: right.
0: you know I told James Patrick Stewart, I think it would be so cool if he was just lounging in his pool you know, <laughs> on his iPad. How cool would that be? <laughs> that would be amazing. And then you win. That's cool. Um, but yeah I gotta figure it out I mean you know those are all the topics it's like what are you gonna wear do you dress up you know are you sitting on your own couch and it talks like an idiot or
1: you you know
0: I I, I don't know what to do you know so I could always be in my closet in my black t-shirt like I am every day (laughs) there you go
1: so I you just mentioned you've launched some new youtube programming yes. over yes. the yes. quarantine yes. period all right yes. so you've got more awesome which is a companion to your weekly podcast that's awesome sure. with Stephen bradford you've got sure. seven questions with Stephen brad and uh-huh. now you've got bad jokes uh yes. where you and bradford try to make each other break and laugh with
2: the, the <laughs> yes. bad
1: jokes so yes. what made you decide to dive in on youtube and how's it been going
0: well, that was, the, it's been going amazing. So that's the one thing, you know, I love marketing. I'm fascinated with it. I love it. Uh, it's part of what we do, you know, for our brand. You got it. You know, you have to learn how to market yourself and market for yourself, as you guys know. Um, so, you know, YouTube was something that I've never really looked into. And I had the time and I told Bradford, I go, let's just try the show seven questions with Stephen Brad and get some guests. Okay, let's create some content. He's like, okay. So, and then I just started kind of diving into YouTube, spending probably three to four hours a day in the the first month, just learning YouTube, you know, there's definitely a way to uh, optimize YouTube for sure. You know, I mean, it's the second biggest search engine on the internet besides Google. So uh, you have to, you know, the hashtags have to be right. Your end cards, your screen cards, your, uh, there's so much that goes into Building a successful YouTube channel, right? So I spent a lot of time trying to figure that out. That's really was my job. I'm like, all right, this is the new skill that I'm going to learn 60 days out of the pandemic or 90 days out. I'm going to have a good idea of how to use YouTube. And uh, and that's what we did, you know, and we launched seven questions. Like you said, bad jokes. Uh, I said, hey, let's try this. And, uh, he's like, okay. And then we did phone a fan and, um, more awesome. So we're just trying to get content out there for people that have fun and smile, especially during these times. Cause I know mm-hmm. a lot of people ha- are having a really difficult time, you know, with anxiety and isolation and, you know, paying their bills. And so we're just trying to, you know, create content to kind of let people escape and, and laugh a little bit. So, uh, but it's going, it's going, thank you for asking. It's been going really well. And, you know, we just got to figure out how to keep it up while we get back to work. Right,
2: mm-hmm. right, right, right. So. Well, I can say uh, for anyone listening, I listen to Bad Jokes. I watch Bad Jokes. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious. So if you need a yeah. laugh, perfect thing. Yeah, so. thank you. Bad
0: Jokes is a lot of fun. You're just watching two dummies try not to laugh. That's that's it. That's all you're doing. So.
1: That, that could have, have been a great, great title.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. So we did a seven questions with with uh, Mora West and Finola yesterday together. Mm-hmm. And, and it was awesome. And it were, I'm like, you didn't know this is seven questions with two dummies because <laughs> we just felt so dumb compared to them. <laughs> so <laughs> we were just like, I don't know, man. I, I think I've ruined my image doing this stuff. So
2: anyway. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, okay. So let's take a bit of a deep dive into your career. You started okay. out playing hunky young surfer Chris on the sitcom Out of This World. <laughs> yes. So what was the feeling for you of landing that job and like getting your first big break?
0: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my dad who, who's, who's passed away, but he, he was kind of instrumental in, in, my, in my career. Um, You know, he, he was the guy who just said, Hey, why don't you try it? Let's, let's take a commercial workshop, um, see how you like it. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do it. I was in high school, you know, I was 16 years old and, uh, I ended up getting an agent from a commercial workshop and then I went on probably 50 plus commercial auditions, didn't get anything. (laughs) Then I finally started getting some commercials and then that agency had a theatrical division and they said, Hey, you want to go out on some stuff? I said, yeah, sure. So I started going out on some stuff, and I really sucked. And uh, and that's the feedback I kept getting. He's green, he's green, <laughs> he's green, he's green, he's green, he's green. So I had to start taking some classes and try to work my way back into those casting directors and go, hey, I think I'm better. Can you audition me again? Um, so one of those auditions was uh, at the time it was at Universal Studios, and it was uh, out of this world. You know, it was when the new prime time, there was a whole campaign for – for NBC it was the new prime time at seven thirty they tried to they tried to switch prime time from eight to seven thirty and Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were all new shows that were leading into the primetime shows at eight and uh, we were one of those shows and it didn't work <laughs> so uh then we went syndicated with like Charles in charge and uh, Jimmy Walker had a show called busted Loose and uh, we had our show and there was a couple other shows so um but yeah, it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing to get. It was, uh, I did, uh, you know, probably we did kind of, we didn't do like really traditional full seasons. It was like, Hey, you're going to do seven episodes out of these 13. And the next year you'll do 10 episodes out of these 13. And it was a sitcom granted. And I didn't even know what I was doing. So, um, you know, you kind of learn on the job and then you figure it out, you know, and I still, I still kind of look back and go, Oh gosh but my hair was beautiful. That's all. it mattered, <laughs> right uh,
1: I so, loved that show. You know, I loved it.
0: I mean, everybody loved that show. You know, they loved it. It was a great idea, you know, and, uh, Burt Reynolds was, was the dad was the alien in the box, uh, which I thought was so cool. And, you know, and then you had Donna Peskow and Doug McClure, Maureen, Christina Nigra and Joe Alasky, who was a uh, he did voices for all the the Warner brothers. Like he was, he, he took over for Mel Blanc, essentially. Um, Joe Alasky did. Yeah. So that was cool. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We were on universal in the beginning and it was so fun because you do it in front of the live audience and you felt like you're in this big studio, the universal tram would come by, you know, and people would wave at you. And it was just a, you know, it was just a great, a great time in my life. And then, uh, and for the last two years, we moved to a kind of an independent studio where we were, we were kind of off on our own, like we are at General Hospital right now. But it was fun, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's all learning. And during that time is when I actually did my stint on Days of Our Lives. That was my introduction oh. to daytime. We had a break from Out of This World and I went over and was supposed to do, I think it was like 10 episodes of Days and it turned into a lot more. And then, and then I had to go back to, back to Out of This World, so.
1: Well, we're going to ask, you know a little more about days but before we move on from out of this yeah. world you know i think <laughs> i think it's fair to say that your career peaked when you got to work with the legendary mr t on an episode of out of this world what, yes. what do you remember about that experience
0: well he was first of all who doesn't know mr t <laughs> you know if you're anywhere from the 80s and you don't know mr <laughs> t i don't know where you've been um <laughs> But, you know, I i mean, I love the A-team. I loved Mr. T, obviously from Rocky. And and uh, it was great because we got a lot of cool guest stars like that. But he was he was just a really cool guy, really nice guy. So it was just fun. It was a fun to see all his gold chains. <laughs>
2: did he give you an I Pity the Fool? Did he do it for you
0: I do I, I can't remember. What, I'm sure he did on the show because, you know.
2: That's that was racist. the tagline. Yeah, that, totally. that was it. I
0: Pity the Fool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, okay. You did mention you're on days as Harris Michaels, who was involved yes. with Eve, who was played by Charlotte Ross.
0: Charlotte Ross. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah.
2: So what stands out to you about your time on days?
0: Uh, again, just, it, it was, uh, you know, the process was different for me there. Um, and you know, the thing is you you I was so young and naive. It was okay. You know, that was the thing is having my dad with me. A lot of the times was I never really got down on myself too much because of the rejection you know, but that being said, being on days was just a new experience for me. It was really exciting. It was over at sunset Gower, which I had auditioned there, you know, hundreds of times. And, uh, it was just, uh, you know, that was a time when I don't want to say the heyday of soaps because the soaps have been cyclical in their, in their popularity. Right. I mean, Luke and Laura, but I feel late eighties and early nineties to mid nineties was a good time for soap operas. And, uh, and days was, you know, I don't know. I'm sure Stephen was there. Yeah, Stephen was there. Stephen Nichols and Mary Beth mm-hmm. and, you know, yes. Billy Warlock. And, I mean, it was all those guys. It was all those guys. So that's how I got my first really uh, introduction to, to soap operas was Days of Our Lives. And it was cool. Everybody was nice. It was fun. And uh, it wasn't easy. And I still couldn't act. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when, when you first so, <laughs> auditioned <laughs> uh, when you first auditioned for GH a few years later, like was that just another audition for you or at that point in your life were you hoping to like score a long-term job on daytime?
0: No, there was actually a stretch where I didn't really want to audition anymore for soap operas for some weird reason. You know, I was testing a lot for TV series, you know, um, auditioning for movies a lot. Uh, and soap operas were just really not on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got the audition for, for general hospital first, it was for the character of AJ. Mm-hmm. So I went in, uh, to read for AJ and I, you know, I was 20, 20 or 21, probably 20 when, when I auditioned for AJ and I looked like I was 12 years old. <laughs> so that didn't, that didn't really work out, but Mark Teshner remembered me and, saw something in me. Thank God for Mark. I owe a ton to Mark Teschner. Uh, and he brought me back when they were, when they were uh, casting Jason. And um, I went in, I auditioned multiple times and I've told the story on stage a lot because it's a funny story. And I don't know if I've told you guys or not, but I can kind of just buzz through it. I'll give you the cliff notes. And it was a time it was right. It was right toward the end of Gloria Monty's reign there at general hospital. And, you know, You've heard stories about Gloria. She was the mad scientist. She's super talented. But sometimes they'd go to midnight, you know. Uh, sometimes she'd do scenes 50 times. And they brought, it was me and, man, I keep, I, I hate that I forget the third guy, but I, it was me and Eric Close, uh, who you guys know, because he was on Santa Barbara for a while. And then he went off to do a bunch of primetime stuff. But it was me, Eric, and this other guy testing. We were supposed to test for Jason. And we'd already been in there multiple times, you know, in front of producers, the casting directors, the producers, we were supposed to test and Mark's like, okay, your test date's this, come on in and wait in the, wait in the room, you know, wait in the waiting room and I'll, I'll get you when you guys test. So of course they get to the time and, and Glory's like, we can't, we can't do it today. We're too busy. <laughs> right. So, uh, Mark's like, guys, I'm sorry. Can you guys come back tomorrow? We're like, yeah, sure. We'll come back tomorrow. So we come back tomorrow. Uh, we're sitting in the waiting room and uh, we're just hanging out for hours in the waiting room. And he's like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, Gloria can't do it today. Can you guys come back tomorrow? <laughs> I said, yeah, cause I don't have a job. So I'll be happy to come back tomorrow. So this kind of went on literally for four or five times. And then finally, I don't know, somebody must've said something to Gloria, like, Hey, these guys have been here for a week. We, <laughs> we need to, t- we need to test these guys. So, Then she goes, okay, so this is what the test is, right? They tell Mark. Mark comes in. He goes, okay, this is the test. You guys don't have to read anymore. You've read enough. Now all we're doing is during the next five, you're all going to go on stage. You're going to stand next to Gerald Hopkins. You're going to face him. You're going to go back to back. You're going to turn back to the camera, and you're going to smile. I said, (laughs) I said okay. So right before we go down, Mark Teshner goes, Steve, come here. I said, what's up, Mark? And this is right. But you guys have been to the show. Mara, we've done stuff right in that yeah, waiting yeah, room, yeah. The, you know, where we do the Facebook lives. That's where yeah. that's the original waiting room. So so the bathroom is literally, you know, what, 40 feet down the hall. Right. And and Mark Mark was like, come over here. I go, "What? what's wrong? He goes, come in the bathroom. I go, hold on, buddy.
2: <laughs> Just wait a second. OK,
0: he goes, no, come in. He goes, how tall are you? I go, five uh, ten. He goes. Okay. Well, Gloria w- w- wants somebody who's eye to eye with Gerald. I go. Well, how tall is Gerald? She. He goes about six foot and a half, six one. I go. Oh, well, how am I going to grow <laughs> in three in, in three minutes? You know. And he's like, "Get in the bathroom now." So I go in the bathroom. I had Doc Martens on, and we started stuffing my boots with paper towels. <laughs> and we stuffed my boots with paper towels until I was six foot tall, and. And I go, are you sure this is going to work? He's like, dude, you got to try it. I go, okay. So I'm walking, I'm walking funny now. Cause it's like, I'm in high heels, you know? And uh, I said, okay, I got to try to pull this off. And we go down there and sure enough, I'm eye to eye with Gerald Hopkins. And, uh, you know, they had a bunch of people in the booth. Lisa Snedeker booth actually was in the booth and, I had known her and she goes, and she was like, yeah, I think that guy's, I think you should pick that guy. So I guess it was a group decision and they ended up choosing me and, uh, we went back upstairs and Mark said, Hey, stay, you got it. I'm like,
2: wow. Amazing. Wow.
0: So, and it wasn't even for contract roles for recurring at the time.
2: Wow. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then my first, you know, my first day I, I walk in and you know, you guys have been there. So you have the security guard. And then you make a left and you go down the hallway where the all the dressing rooms are. But that door was shut. There's a door there, and that door was shut. So I'm at the security guard, which is you know seven feet away, and I'm around in the corner, and the door kicks open, and it's Tony Geary, pissed off.
2: Oh, wow.
0: And I'm like, okay, welcome to General Hospital. And uh, I go, I'll just, I'm not going to say a word. That was my motive for like the first four years. Is like, don't make eye contact with producers. Gloria Monty and just go to your room and do your job and shut up and that's what I did so
2: wow yeah it was really amazing
0: it's so Um, fun
2: well speaking of your first few years I mean you pretty much played a different character altogether you know Jason Quartermain when you think about that and like the early era where you worked a lot with the Quartermain family and then of course got involved in the Karen Jagger story and so forth you know how would you categorize those years
0: Oh man, it was great. It was the the best. I mean, coming on as a quarterman was the greatest thing for me ever. You know, that whole quarterman family was. It was so fun. I can't tell you how much fun that we all had together. I mean, I love I love every one of them. I mean, David Lewis first, and then John Engel and. Anna Lee and Stewart, of course, and Leslie still to this day. And, you know, Gerald was AJ for a while. And then we had a few recasts in there with Billy and Sean, Jane Elliott, Wally Kurth. I mean, it, it was so fun. It was a family. I mean, we were the big dysfunctional family on camera and off. <laughs> so, you know, but we had so much fun. What sticks out in my mind is all the holiday stuff was the best, right? Wow. You know, because, you know, I didn't grow up with a big family in real life and it was always cool. When the sets would turn, you're like, "Oh, it's fall now. Fall's coming," and you, the sets would look like fall, you know. And then, then they would look like Christmas, and then you'd have the family, the you do the big family shows and stuff. So, it really meant a lot to me. And you know, obviously, I'm I'm close with with everybody, but you know, Stuart Damon was a a huge a huge proponent in me working more. You know, he would always go up and go, "Hey, you got to give this guy a shot. Give this guy a shot. He's good. Give this guy a shot." You know. Uh-huh. So I love Stuart and, you know, he was always a big fan of mine and, uh, and I love the guy so much, but it was just really a lot of fun. And then you had the teen story too, right? So that was right around the time where, you know, it was Karen, like you said, Karen and Jagger and Brenda and, and Sean, it was Sean at the time who was playing AJ. So we were like the young, you know, I don't want to say 90210, but that's kind of what they were going for because that's what was popular at the time. So, uh, Wendy Rich even tried it. And I love Wendy. And, and, uh, she even tried to hit, she was like, Steve, you got to grow some sideburns. I go, what do you mean? She goes, look at, look at 90210, look at Luke Perry and his sideburns. And I go, I can't even grow hair
1: on my face.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's going to look so bad, you know? So, but Sean could do it and he did it and I couldn't do it. So, um, but it was a lot of fun because we, we did locations and just, you know, and, and that obviously busted Antonio Sabato to the stratosphere there. Uh, he was, he was the man and, um, I was just, man, I have such great, I I couldn't, such great memories of that show and, and, and what a way to start a career there. So it it was, it was fantastic. And then toward the end, and I know I'm talking a lot and then toward the end, that's when Maurice came toward the end of my first four years. And, uh, then that's really what the, what changed my, my life and my acting career was, was him, Uh you know? So and then I changed into Jason Morgan and and that was, and that was it.
1: So when that, that change happened, the huge change in direction for your storyline, the car accident, mm-hmm. the brain damage, the name change, you know, had you been itching to kind of shake things up and take on a new challenge or did that all just kind of come as a surprise well, to you?
0: Well, as you guys know, and probably a lot of the viewers, cause they've been watching for a long time you, there's not many on many shows. There's not a lot of people. There's probably a handful that work three or four days a week, right? Usually it's your stories are cyclical in the sense is like, Hey, you got a big run and then you're going to be on the B or you're going to be on the back burner for a while. Right. So we had our, you know, I was involved in the family stuff, which was great. And, and then I we had the teen story during the summer, which was fine. But four years in, I was, I don't know if I was getting bored because I wasn't working a ton. And, um, you know, I see everybody else getting jobs out there and working out there. I'm like, I don't know, man. And there was one day when we had, when we had craft service back then, it was on the stage. And when Maurice first came to the show, he went through a lot of things, you know, with a breakdown and all these things. So he and I didn't really talk for the first six months he was there because we weren't working together. Yeah. We, we weren't working together. And so you kind of, you know, there's times where I don't even see people for three months that, are, that are on the show with me, you know, now, you know, if we're not working together, you don't see him. So when he first got there, he was working a lot and I wasn't And and for six months or whatever, I didn't really talk to him. And, you know, I thought I'm like, Oh, who's this guy coming in here thinking he's freaking Al Pacino, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and little did I know the poor guy was having a break, nervous breakdown, you know? So, um, so he took a little bit of a break, but anyway, I was at the craft service table on stage with him and he goes, and, and we didn't really, we didn't really talk before this. He was like, Hey man, I just want to say I saw some scenes with you and you're, you're really good. You're very believable. I go, Oh, well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think it was uh, with Monica's breast cancer story. I had some mm-hmm. scenes with, with Leslie and he goes, you're very believable. And uh he goes, "Uh, what are you gonna do?" You, I go, "Ah, oh, I'm, I'm thinking of leaving." He's like, "Oh, really?" He goes, "Well, what, what, what's your technique?" I go, "What, what do you mean?" He's like, "Acting wise, what do you? Is there a technique you use?" I go, "No, I have no idea, technique. You know, I'm just doing what I'm feeling. You know what I mean?" So, he's like, "Well, let me work with you." I go, "Really?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'd love to work with you. You know and and that that moment was really where the change change happened, you know, um, as Jason Quartermain, he started working with me, helping me break down my scenes, you know, just coaching me. I spent so much time with him, you know, a- after work and, and him and Paul and his family that I was literally like, I don't want to say living with him, but I was with Maurice so much that he was co- every day. We'd go over my stuff. He'd have all his stuff, and then he, we'd break down all my scenes and go, okay, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Do it again. Now let's go for a walk and do it. Now I'm going to throw this tennis ball at you and do it. Now we're going to do this and do it. Just keep going. Wow. you know. And I go, okay. He goes, deeper, go deeper. That was his thing all the time because he's method, right? So he's like, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper all the time. So uh, funny stories, Francesca James, who you guys know, um, she's a producer. She's been around for a long time. She was an angel producer. And, uh, it's when you had time to, you know, it was the early nineties. So you had time to, uh, do scenes four or five times. The producer would come out and say, Hey, try this, try this, try this. Let's do it again. Okay, great. Moving on. Right. So it was with, uh, Sanite who played Keisha, my girlfriend at the time on the show. And we had a scene where I was supposed to be taking her out to dinner and I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm in the scene and we do the scene and Francesca, <laughs> Francesca comes out. She goes, what the F is wrong with you? I go. What do you mean? She goes. What are you doing? I go. Well, I'm Maurice, I'm working with Maurice, and he tells me to go deep. You know, he goes. She goes. You, you're acting like you're dying, and you're in a scene with your girlfriend at dinner.
2: She goes. Get
0: rid of that crap. I go. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, so that that was funny. And then, and then, it, you know, ended up my my uh, my character. Once they changed my character, then it was, you know, then Maurice and I just worked together constantly. It was just, it, I. I don't know if any he's ever worked with somebody so much like we would just be together all the time. And what was so great about it was we've kind of talked about this stuff on our podcast a little bit is, you know, you guys know you've been around the game for a long time. You know how fast we'd shoot things now. You know, we don't get a lot of rehearsal. And back then it was so magical with Maurice and I. One of the things is obviously I love the guy and we have a great friendship that I think transfers to camera. But when we would shoot a scene, we had already rehearsed that scene 40 times, mm-hmm. you know, it was like doing a play every day, like at night we would rehearse. We would, I would go to his house and we would run the scenes and work the beats and moments and all that stuff. And, uh, by the time we got to stage, we were on take 40, which was so amazing. That's why those things happen, you know, because we're like, holy crap. And I get goosebumps even like right now thinking about it because of the, all the work you do. And then you can just be so free on stage and go, wow, this is like, it's, you know, magic is happening in some of these scenes that we didn't plan on because we've done it so many times and we're so free. You just throw it away and you do it and it's, it turns out awesome. So it was a big, you know, it was a big deal coming on as a quarter main and then making that change and Maurice being there for me and teaching me how to act essentially, um, kind of hone my skills and my technique. You know, then, he, you know, of course he get, then he gets upset when I became better than him. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when, it, if I win this Emmy, it's really great because then I have one more than him. So thank you very much. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, his uh, move. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it's, it's been a great, it's been a great ride. I can't tell you.
2: Well, you could definitely argue that Jason and Sonia are one of daytime's longest running romances um, I think so I think so. so why do you think this pairing has struck such a chord with the audience?
0: I think it's because of the the friendship that we have I mean, I love the guy like a brother you know i i mean I truly do he he's one of the one of the, you know one of those people that you don't talk to for a year and it comes right back and there's no there's no time no time missed, no time passed. And he's such a caring, giving guy. Um, and our friendship, I feel, you know, transferred to, to on screen, you know, and 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 all the hard work that we did together. It it just it showed it showed on camera, you know, and, it, and we were just able to take our relationship to a whole different level with the depth of our relationship than the average friends on a soap opera. That's what mm-hmm. I feel, yeah. you know, and that's what I think came off, you know. You're almost like, do these guys want to get together, or what's going on here? <laughs> no. So, so, but you know, because there's always those jokes. But it's like, you know, I love the guy. So my, I love the guy like a brother, and he loves me. You know, and and we're just really great friends off camera. You know, and on camera, I think it showed. And and there's a trust and a vulnerability there when you have that relationship off camera. Um, that tra- that that does transfer to camera. You know, uh, you're able to be vulnerable and be there for your scene partner in the scene. Because you have this deep relationship. So, mm-hmm. and I you think know, that's it's cool.
1: It's really amazing that either of these guys had the emotional energy to be in these really big romances with women, given their affection for each other. But you have had, <laughs> you know, a bunch of really popular pairings on GH and I want yeah. to hear your take on some of your leading ladies. Jason and Robin sure. was a really big pairing in its day. Tell us about working with uh, Kimberly McCullough
0: yeah, I mean look, um that was uh for me because of coming on the show that you know those years right when I was making the transition to probably a couple years after that were kind of golden years for me on general hospital in in the sense that um, I mean, you can't ever argue with the Robin Stone age storyline. I mean, it was one of the best storylines I felt that was told on General Hospital. And Kimberly's obviously was there from a, a young girl and and became a just a fantastic actress. And I always give her credit to my first Emmy. That was my first Emmy was because I was working, obviously, for all the stuff Maurice did for me, uh, which transferred then for me working with somebody like Kimberly, who's been there, you know, um, we worked hard, you know, and, and that's what I try to carry with me with every, with every pairing that, you know, that work ethic, which I had, uh, but I didn't really know how to use until Maurice kind of showed me the framework of it. And, and with Kimberly, I mean, we worked hard and we had a lot of, a uh, lot of emotional stories and uh, emotional stuff. And it was because of, you know that pairing and her that I won that I I was fortunate enough to win my first Emmy so we'll always be friends she's awesome i'm so happy for her in her new career directing um but we had we had a great run a great run together for sure
2: Well, I can remember very vividly how passionate the liaison fans were. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I I got a lot of letters and like paraphernalia from them. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that relationship was, you know, very important to the fans. So tell us about working with Rebecca Herbst.
0: Well, with Becky, I mean, you know, Becky and I became... Uh, me, Michael, Becky, and my wife became pretty good, like pretty good friends off camera too. So again, we had a situation where um, obviously Becky's a great actress and her work ethic is fantastic. And when we started, when we started uh, working together, we're just like, look, let's just figure this out and work, you know, and uh, something happened. And We, we had great chemistry and it worked. We had great storylines and she was, she was great to work with, man. We had a, we had a, we had a great run also. Um, And, you know, we, um, since, since our friendship off camera, again, I think it it transcends to camera and we had a, we had a lot of fun, you know? Uh So, yeah. It was good. It was good, but you're right. The liaison fans always would send me cookies to fat me up.
1: <laughs>
0: I think <laughs> I'm really, going to tell you they, they were a very passionate fan fan base, and they were awesome. I mean, they supported us. So you know. I
2: think they had an ad in the magazine, if I recall. They Sometimes.
0: may have, yeah, they may have. Yeah, yeah I
2: remember sure. dealing with that at some point because they were really like they wanted to make their um, feelings known.
1: Yes. Yeah, and yes. and they
2: did. Um, and then, uh, of course.
1: Really, in earnest, in like 2004, uh, the Jason and Sam romance that continues to this day began. Yeah. Tell us about working with Kelly Monaco.
0: Yeah, so what, what's what's cool and interesting about this relationship is that I'm not sure the writers knew at the time. First of all, I, I wasn't in a relationship on the show, uh, and that's technically where our penthouses were across from each other, me and Sonny's penthouse. Um, and I don't think they knew what to do with Sam at the, at that time. Right. So she was pregnant, got pregnant by Sonny. And, and I don't know if Sonny didn't, you know, want to, want to, you know, have Sam around or whatever, but he's like, here, Jason, take, take (laughs) care of Sam. I'm like, "Uh, okay. Um, so exactly. And what I think, why, why there was a success in this, in this relationship was that, it was never meant to be a relationship, and that was that's what was cool about it. It was almost like bodyguard, right? It was like I was here to protect this girl and make sure everything was okay, and that she stayed healthy and she stayed safe. And then we became friends, and then it and then it went into a romance. So that was kind of the first time I think I've ever done a relate uh, had a relationship on the show where we were just kind of friends and there was no. There was no motive of, of, of us even being together until they saw us starting work together, like, wait a minute, there's something here. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go this way. And that's what we did. You know, and and Kelly, you know, we worked even when we were just working as friends on the show, we were we ran our stuff. I kind of took, you know, what Maurice said, and I'm like, look, let's just work the crap out of these scenes every single day. And that's what we ended up doing for like eight years every day. And that's why I think the character, the, the couple became so popular is because of the work that we put in. And, uh, you know, she's not afraid to work. I wasn't afraid to work. And we, we ran again, we ran stuff 10, 15 times before we even got on stage, you know? So, and we had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful trust and working relationship that made it really easy for us to do stuff. So, uh, you know, it was great. It's great. Oh, I was, I said, it was great. Cause obviously we're not, you know, this parole officer is killing us right now.
2: So <laughs>
0: right. Um, yeah, man, it was fun. We had a great, we had a great run in the, in the, you know, the first, before I left the show, we had a, we had a wonderful, wonderful run. So mm-hmm. it's awesome.
2: Well, I think it's fair to say that JSAM fans have really been clamoring for the two of them Absolutely, to, get a little, to yes. be a little happy for a while. Would you welcome that? Or do you feel like the drama lies in the keeping them apart?
0: Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. I, I mean, that's the, that's always the problem with soap operas. It's like, I mean, can't, can't we just be happy for just a little while? I mean, come on. I was in Russia for five years. Can I have some <laughs> happiness somewhere? <laughs> um But yeah, it'd be nice to be happy and, and have a bit of a, uh, I don't want to say normal life because You can't really have a normal life with what Jason does, but you know, just our life, you know, let's just get our life back. And then we can deal with Cyrus and all this other, other stuff that's going on with the show. But yeah, it'd be nice.
1: Now you mentioned, of course, you did take your leave from GH for a little bit and you Mm -hmm. ended up going over to YNR to play Dylan McAvoy and you picked up a second Emmy for outstanding supporting actor in the process. How would you describe that experience that you had on YNR?
0: Uh, you know, I know a lot of people didn't like it and I was threatened multiple times on, on Twitter, um, (laughs) for going over there for leaving GH, but you know, going over there, I was at a time in my life where, uh, changes were happening, you know, and, and I needed a break quite honestly and having that break and then being able to go to another show with a whole new character, you know, a whole new perspective, like, Hey, I'm the new kid here. I got to, I got to prove myself, you know. I have to work harder than I worked at General Hospital, because yeah, they may have heard of me, the actors, but you know, I'm over here now and I got to do something. So that was, you know, it was really refreshing for me to go play a new character. And they they had they had written the character, and it was great. And I, I just I, I had so I had so much fun there. Quite honestly, it was. The actors were great. The actresses were great. The crew, everybody was gr- very welcoming. And, you know, I just wanted to work and I wanted to do something different. And that that's where I think people don't really, you know, or they may forget, like actors were born to do different things. You know, uh, we we want to try different roles. We want to try to expand and, and do something different. And and playing the same role for a long time is great because, you know, you get to go through crazy stories and do some do some, do some cool stuff and be tested as an actor, but to play a different character is nice too. And that's what it gave me the, gave me the, you know, just the opportunity to go play, play a different character and play with different people and, and, and just be on a different show. And, and, uh, and it was fantastic. It was awesome. I made some great friends over there, lifelong friends, you know, people I still talk to today, like Peter Bergman and Doug Davidson. And, and it was just really great for me. So Mm -hmm. it was a great four years. I mean, to win an Emmy 20 years apart, I still go, how does that even possible? You know, cool. to, to be doing that's that amazing. for so long and go, or what, 18 years apart or whatever it was, be like, wow, you did, I mean, this is, it was so crazy, you know, but it gave me a, it reignited a passion for acting for me. And that's what was important, you know? Right. And, you know, and they gave me a great story while I was there and it, it just, it really paid off and it worked out. And, and yeah. w- w- most importantly, what it did was. Um, it gave me a new perspective coming back to General Hospital. So Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of, you know, I don't want to say as, as an actor, you know, a lot of stories that we did were pretty deep and, you know, we were, you know, Maurice made me method. Uh, So, you know, you carry that stuff with you a lot, you know, and, and when you're doing it all the time, every day working, you know, I was fortunate enough to work four or five days a week for, Eight, eight to 10 years, you know, you're doing 30, 40 pages a day and there's a burnout, there's a burnout there. And then you're just not, you're, I didn't, you, you just don't feel like yourself, you know, and you're home with your kids and you're not really there. And it's just all these, all these things kind of play into it. And then having the break refreshed me. And, um, you know, and I was able to work on myself personally too, uh, just because I had time off and I wasn't working a lot of days at YNR and I was traveling a lot. So I had a lot of time to listen to to books on the plane and just work on my, you know, my mental game and, and just, you know, when the time came to come back to GH, I'm just, you know, I just had a whole new perspective on going back home and, and that's what it felt like, you know, just going back home, seeing everybody with a whole new perspective of, man, I, I'm getting a second chance to come home. That's, and, and that's really what, what it was for me. And I try to remember that every day It's like, Hey, you got a second chance to come home your home, do your job, you know, and, and be grateful. And that's really what it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Now you've been back on GH for almost three years, which is amazing. I can't believe that time. It just feels like it's flown, but I you know, and I, uh, you and I have talked before about how this cr- sort of current post patient six, uh, iteration of Jason Morgan feels maybe a little bit more, uh, free with his emotions you know h- how much do you think <laughs> that that comes from the writing you, you know we have we have talked about him being a little more easy to cry uh but how much of that comes from the writing and how much do you think that that comes from you know your own evolution uh, as an actor and a person and how that applies to the character
0: yeah i mean i think the ri- the writing's always there but i think it was more probably the evolution of of me as a human being you know just being more grateful, responsive, vulnerable, appreciative, those things really help you open up as an actor. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, I, cause I joke about it too. You know, I'm like, what the hell happened to me in Russia? Cause it's like, I come back and all of a sudden, you know, I have menopause and it's just like, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like, I mean, you know, this guy starts crying for anything. What is wrong with you? You know? Um, and, uh, You know, it's great. The the fans, you know, I joke about it, but uh, the fans respond to it and they've been, you know, they kind of joke with me, but it's been, uh, it's probably been more me, I hope, evolving as a person um, and just being able to be more vulnerable just in general, in in real life and and on camera. So,
2: Mm -hmm. well, that kind of brings us to the end here. It's like when you think about the Steve Burton that first walked into that g h studio in nineteen ninety one could you ever have imagined becoming such an important part of the show, an Emmy winner, potentially a lead actor Emmy winner as you are today?
0: uh no, I don't even think it was on my radar radar then you know it's it's crazy. I don't know. I feel so grateful, and it's such a blessing to be able to look back and go, "Holy cow, man." From 1991 till now, look at your, look at your journey, you know, and obviously there's ups and downs in personal lives and all these things, but, but to have that kind of be the stability, which, which usually it isn't for actors, right? That the job isn't the stability for actors. It's usually their family life, hopefully that gives them that stability. But I kind of had both, you know, I had, I had a great family at home and then I have this great family at work and it was just, you know, what a blessing that that is and and uh to look back i no, i i it's still kind of mind-boggling like you know I, I was i was in the car the other day and Sharie, my my wife's dad sheree uh Cherie's dad uh roy was like Sharie said hey do you know steve got nominated for lead actor uh and he's like no i didn't know that's awesome and i go yeah yeah it's cool And i'm thinking i'm like lead actor that's that's crazy it's like it's so cool to be you know in lead actor supporting actors great obviously but you know, we joke now supporting actor was great because it was over fast, <laughs> because,
2: <laughs> because you, to wait too
0: long, you know, you're like, and the winner is or isn't. And you're like, done. The pressure's off. You're like, okay, now I can like get a beer and be cool. You know, but now it's lead actor and you got to wait till the end. And it's a big, you know, it's a big deal. It's always, you know, lead actor in the Oscars, lead actress. That, those are the big, the big, kind of the big category. So it's a, it's been a incredible, incredible journey. And I'm coming up on my 50th birthday, which is even crazier to even say, and I say, I know, you know, right, it's two I know, days it's, after it's, the
1: Emmys, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's two days after the Emmys. It's like, but I feel so great. I feel so, you know, energized in life and just like, you know, ready for the next chapter of whatever's coming, you know, because my life's half over and, and Bradford likes to joke. He goes, "Now it's more like two thirds over. <laughs> and and I go, thanks buddy. So, but I feel so good. And I, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's incredible to even have this uplifting kind of news for, for not just us, but the fans too, with the Emmys and then being on primetime, I think that's so cool, you know, mm-hmm. and people oh, nice. are focused. I don't know if it's just me, But people are like, you know, soaps have been getting a lot of, you know, kind of a lot of uh, or have been highlighted lately a lot during this pandemic more than normal, you know, which I think is great. And then we're going to be on primetime. The Emmys are. And I think that's cool. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just a fun time. It's just a fun time. I mean, besides the stupid COVID, it's a fun time.
1: Right. <laughs> outside, of the, outside of the pandemic, it's a fun time.
0: <laughs> yeah, outside the pandemic, it's a, I just, you know, and I don't want to obviously downplay that because that's nothing to downplay, but having, having soaps kind of be highlighted during this time, I thought is cool. You know, like you guys are doing stuff. Everybody's doing content. You got all these reunion shows, which I think is awesome. None of this stuff, me doing YouTube, the reunion shows all this great content out there for the fans none of it would have happened ever if we weren't going through this time
2: no it is it's it's been fun for us to watch the reunion shows yeah it's been
0: great and and look we would not be on prime time emmys if it wasn't for this pandemic
2: that is true we were back on broadcast frankly or network television yeah Yeah,
0: of course on tv at all right so Right, right so it's you know obviously it's you know it's There's a double edged sword here, but um, it's great to see soaps kind of appreciated and highlighted. And really, it comes down to the fans always. Right. I mean, without them, we wouldn't be doing what we do. You guys wouldn't be doing what you do. And they're the greatest fans in the world. 100%.
2: 100%. Agreed. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we look forward to seeing what you're wearing on Emmy <laughs> night, where you'll be Emmy night. Yeah, and be um, best yes. of luck and congratulations. And thank you so much for joining us. No
0: today. problem. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you.
2: And keep the bad jokes coming. I, we got them coming. We got more. <laughs> okay. We got more. <laughs> Thanks so. so much.
0: All right. Thank you, guys.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Steve Burton for being our guest. If you like this podcast, we're on Spotify. So listen on Spotify. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.
1: Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile, and get fiber powered internet at home and unbeatable five G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at Cox.com/slash Internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable five G reliability, as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H twenty twenty three results may vary. Not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.